understand that God is love. And every time you see the word God, you can replace it with love. You begin to understand things even in the Old Testament, things that didn't make sense. How many of you always thought that he was schizophrenic in the Old Testament and he became a better guy in the New Testament? No, you never thought that. I, I know. But I had a hard time differentiating between the two until I realized that that you couldn't understand the Father until you saw Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you haven't seen Jesus, you can't understand the Father. That's why some people start out reading in the book of Leviticus or something. <laughs> that won't help you unless you want a steak dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. But now let's go to Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, please. And I want to talk to you today. Well, in Romans 3.23, the Bible says that all have sinned or missed the mark. Don't you like miss the mark better? And you missed the mark because Adam missed the mark. And you were born in Adam before you got refathered in Christ. And so you, you're going to be a sinner. You didn't have a choice any more than I had a choice about being born in Halifax. My parents had me born in Halifax. I wondered why they did not have me born in Hawaii, but I had no choice. I was born in Halifax in January. <laughs> Enough to make you not like your mother and father, right? <laughs> but again, I had no choice and you had no choice either. It's not till you get refathered that you have a choice. And so when you see that he said, all have sinned, Adam missed the mark, and when the glory left him, shame covered him. And so when the glory's on you, shame needs to leave you. You can't live in shame and live in the kingdom of God. You've got to shake it off because it's not true. Why? Why? Because Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the next verse says, being justified freely by his grace. Freely is the word Doreen, and it means without cause, without condition. It means you couldn't do anything to earn it. You just have to receive it, a gift. 325 says you have to have faith in his blood. That's all. Not faith in your good looks or your good works or any of that. Faith in his blood. And then, then you need to recognize why he came here. In Hebrews 2 and verse 10, he said, The captain of our salvation came. What was his purpose? To restore, restore many sons back to his original intention for you. Back to glory. Back to glory. He called you back to glory. Well, what does it mean? Well, I, I've, you know, I know that in Genesis 31, in verse 1, we look at glory the first time that it's used. We heard John talking about the law of first reference on Thursday night. The law of first reference for glory or kabod is... It says that Laman, that Jacob stole all of Laman's glory. It means that that Jacob got his sons, his daughters, his animals. He got everything that Laban had. And um, but what does that mean when you serve a God of love? And so that's what I want to look at today. But let's begin in Thessalonians chapter two, verse fourteen. I'm going to get my eyes examined again tomorrow, and it's so weird because before I was only getting 40% of the oxygen to my brain before they slit my throat and (laughs) 
<laughs> opened me up. <laughs> Did it while I was awake, too, let me tell you about that. Anyway, <laughs> but, but now... Now, if now I can, now I read without my glasses. I still carry them around because anyway, that's got nothing to do with this. Verse fourteen of Second Thessalonians chapter two. Verse thirteen says, "But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren." Now look at this. The next part, beloved of the Lord. Who are you today? He's not mad at you. I don't even know what you did this morning before you came to church. Maybe you gave a finger to somebody on the house. No, you wouldn't do that. I, I don't know. I, I just know this. I know what he said here. Beloved of the Lord, because he, because God has from the beginning chosen you. He chose. He's chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto He has called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you just got a phone call. Hello. Yes, yes, sir. You want me to obtain the glory? Okay. He called me to obtain the glory. But I need to know more about it, so we need to go to Romans chapter 5. No, but if he called me to do it, I must be equipped to do it. It's like forgiveness. I've learned over the past few months that true forgiveness is to forget. I don't remember anything that wrong that anybody did to me. And I thought, well, is that, yeah, that's possible. If it wasn't possible, he wouldn't have told you to do it. That doesn't mean that negative thoughts don't come out. You just don't take them. You stay free, right? But anyway, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, fully transformed by faith, We have peace with God. This is what he did for me. He gave me peace with him. Through our, not, through, not through how well I can conduct myself either. No, through the Lord Jesus Christ. By whom we also have access. I like that because it's free admission. You know, there's things that you have to pay to get in. You don't pay to get in this. It's free. It says you have, you have access by faith. And so it's kind of like, you know, your debit card is faith. You know, you make deposits, you make returns with your faith. You receive everything from God by believing. Amen. Acting like the word of God is true. You have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Oh, really? No, when you know God, when you, when you, let me put it this way, when you know God's love, you can take it. Amen? 
We glory in tribulations known, knowing that tribulation is working for me. It's working for me so that I can use what God has given to me. I'm learning how tribulation comes so that I can overcome, so that I can feel good about myself. There, I won another battle. And I know that the battle's not mine, it's Lord's. But when I put, I fight the good fight of faith. So when I believe in it, it doesn't matter what's going on. We believe Romans 8.28 is real. All things are working together for our good. That means tribulation is working together for our good. I know you don't like it, but it's working for you good. Look at, look at trouble as an employee. Oh, you, I see you're coming here to, to bring me another lesson. I'm going to learn my lesson. I'm going to defeat my devil. No, if you really want to poke the devil in the eye, just go love somebody that doesn't like you. That's all you got to do. And I know that under the sound of my voice, I know you can think of somebody that doesn't like you. Uh huh. But we weren't called here for, to make a living. We were called here to make a difference and. How you make a difference is how you conduct yourself in front of the world. Amen. Amen. Verse uh, five. And hope. I like this. Hope does not disappoint. Hope does not make ashamed. Because. The love of God. Or we could say the glory of God. Because we're going to find out today that the love of God and the glory of God are the same thing. For the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which was given unto us. Hallelujah. So the glory of God is the love that he's offered us. Colossians chapter 1. Verse um, 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory. Now, we're going to look later at a verse that God took, an obscure verse that the Lord took out of the book of Leviticus and made it center stage in the new kingdom, in the kingdom of God. And so we need to realize that there was a mystery to whom God would make known what is the mystery, the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, the glory of the love of God revealed in Christ. Well, it doesn't say it quite like that, but it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now let's drop down to chapter 2 and verse 2. That your hearts might be comforted and knit together. This word knit together is an interesting word too. I'm not going to get into it right now, but it means that you and I are so connected so joined together that God intended us to be not, not just to be, you know, when you think about how he prayed for how Paul, the apostle prayed for us, he said, he said, he said, the whole family in heaven and earth is, is called by the father. And so you're part of a family. You cannot live in isolation and succeed in the kingdom of God. No, it's kind of like, you know, you read Psalm 1, you understand that Psalm 1 is a foundational psalm, that it's a reflection of how you're to live your life. It's the key to life itself. And he, he says that you're to be, you know, like a tree planted by the rivers of water. 
Well, a lot of Christians that I know are Christmas trees. They've been cut down, but they still look good. The needles haven't fallen off them yet, and they, they, they've been around for a while, but they don't have any roots. And so you can look at them and say, well, they stopped serving God, but they seem to be doing okay. Well, so did the Christmas tree. You got to hang in there. How long is it going to take? I'm praying that they'll come back before the needles fall off. <laughs> but I know because I've been a pastor for 30 years, I've seen it over and over and over again. People that leave the kingdom and say, there, I got away with that. You don't get away with anything. You reap what you plant. Hallelujah. <laughs> there, okay, for that rant. Okay. Their hearts being comforted and knit together, how? In love. In love. In love with each other. In love with each other. Well, I don't like. No, in love with each other. You don't have to like everything that somebody does to be in love with them. We don't have to be the same to love each other. Matter of fact, when Jesus went down to Samaria, there he is in John chapter 4, and he said, Let, I, I, I got to go to Samaria, and the disciples don't go through Samaria. They walk three days around it to get away from it because they don't have anything to do with the Samaritans. Jesus made a straight line, walked right to the woman at, at the well. And see, lots of people like, the, like this part of the cross up and down, but it's not this, but, but, but they have an issue with this part. Loving one another. And those guys were so racist against the Samaritans. And as a matter of fact, Jesus sent them to get food. Go get some hamburgers and chicken nuggets, and I'll stay here and do what I've been called to do. And so he, he stayed there and ministered life to her. And they came back, and they were so shocked that he would talk to a Samaritan woman. But the Lord said, I've called you to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth, and I've got to teach you. I've got to teach you that you need to put away your bias, that you need to stop this nonsense. Amen. And so that's what he did. But, you know, when, when you think of Samaria, everybody has some area that, that you've been walking around, that you've been avoiding, and, and you need to go right to the heart of the matter. And what, another thing I love about this woman is she was of different culture. She didn't have the same belief system. And he started everything with a conversation, not with a judgment. You know, he said, I know you've been married five times, and the guy you're shacked up with now is not your husband, but number seven is here right now. The one you've been waiting on when you've been thirsty for everything else, the thirst, you, I've, he said, I've got water here that you can drink and never thirst again. What he was talking about, he was talking about himself. He's saying, huh? I'm the love that you were looking for all this time. Yes. Jesus is the love that you've been looking for. But, but again, love needs to be received. It's like you can look at the cross of Calvary and cry over it and all that kind of stuff. But you can't. Here's the most important thing is how can I give you something that I don't have? So how am I going to love somebody else when I don't even like me? It's not possible to give somebody else what you don't have. I mean, there's preachers out there that don't like. <laughs> anyway, we won't go there. <laughs> no, but remember the time, Dave? <laughs> Do you remember that service? It was in Newfoundland, and, and he preached on love. 
But he was so angry. <laughs> he, was, he was so angry. He was like, are you kidding me, man? <laughs> I feel the love. <laughs> no, he was offended. And when you get offended, you're off and it's ended. Yes. Don't take offense. Don't let a root of bitterness or any other weed grow in your garden. Amen? So, so where was I? I was staggering through chapter 2. Being knit together in love unto all the riches of full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of this mystery of God and of the Father and of Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words, for I am absent from the flesh, Yet I'm with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As there, and here's a key verse too. As you have received Christ Jesus, walk in him. How did you receive him? You couldn't do anything. You were broken and you were on your face and you called and asked him to come into your life. And now you're going to do it on your own. You couldn't do it on. And so what he's saying is, as you learned him, as you, as, you, as you met him, that's, don't change that and get religious. Yeah. Continue that love that you felt, that love that you felt. Notice when it left, when you started working and your work's never measured up. Oh, I just can't do this. That's right. Just remember that. Remember that above all else. I can't do this. Yeah. You were never called to do this. You were called to receive this. Amen. But verse 7 says this. Rooted and built up in him. Rooted and built up in love. Rooted and built up and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding, with, unto, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now, I can't jump. I, I want to leave here now, but I need to read verses 9 and 10 before I go because, because they're so powerful. Verse 9 says, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Ooh. That's great. But you are complete. Come on. In your own works? No, no. How are you complete? In him who is the head of all principality and power. Well, if you're complete in him who's the head of all principality and power, so are you the head of all principality and power. For this purpose was the sons and the daughters of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil, the evil one. Amen. Okay. I'm sorry that didn't excite you so much. but How about Ephesians chapter 3? Oh, this is a good chapter too, isn't it? Paul said in verse 14, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he grant unto you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by, your, by his spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, Katoikisi, feel at home in your hearts by faith. And I always like to point this out too. When he moves in, he throws out your old junk. No, he, he, take, he kicks it to the curb. That stuff you've been hanging on to that, oh, this is my treasure? No, it's going to the curb. Everything that's been in your house has to go. All the junk 
has to go. The thing, the past things that you've been hanging on to, whether they've been past hurts, past offenses, any of that, it has to go. When he came in to live with you, he put a beachhead in your heart, and that's where he started. He, he's not going to quit until your heart and his heart have the same beat. You'll be changed from glory to glory into the very image of Jesus Christ. Well, he is love. So what's he trying to change us into? Love. Amen. 17 again, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, Katuikisi, feel at home. That you being rooted, rooted, rizo, to cause to take root, rooted, not like the Christmas tree, rooted and grounded. Again, Psalm, Psalm 1, like a tree planted by the rivers of water bringing forth your fruit in its season. No drifting around, planted by the rivers of water. And then it says grounded. That's a foundation. It's, it's like the basic stone. It's like if you're going to build a house, you're going, to put down a, you're going to put down the foundation first. You're going to put down the slab first before you start. And Jesus is the chief cornerstone, and he is love. Rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend with all the saints, the bread, the length the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ. Come on, that passes knowledge. That we'd be filled with what? The fullness of God. Now unto him this powerful to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to that power at work within us. May he get glory from our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. How he's going to get glory? See, the world, you know, he said all of creation will see a manifestation of the glory of God. It's going to start in the church when we start caring about one another. When we realize I wasn't here to make a, a wage, I was here to make a difference. Like I said before, I'm not here to make a living. I'm here to make a difference. I'm not here to consume everything on myself. I'm here to be a blessing to other people, and I won't be happy until I do that. Until you start caring more about others, you'll always be wrapped up in yourself. Well, just look over at verse 32 of chapter 4. It says here, be kind to one another, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. I wrote in my margin, this is Gethsemane. This is where I have to go every day. Paul said, I die every day. Why? Because he had people that ticked him off. He had people that cut him off in traffic. He had people that were rude to him. None of you have ever experienced any of that. You're just sweet all the time. Just sweet like Sunday morning. No, sometimes you get tired and you get cranky. I know how it works. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 12, please. We're rooted and grounded. Praise and worship was... I mean, the Liberators in the house were one of my favorite songs, but that last song, I might have a new favorite here. Uh, okay, Proverbs 12, did it tell you where to go? Okay. Let me tell you where to go. No, no. <laughs> Verse 12. The wicked... 
said a net of evil, but the root of righteousness yields fruit. So fruit comes from the root. It's like in John 15, if you abide in me, if you abide in love, and love abides in you, you can ask what you want to be done unto you. If you abide in love, if you, don't, if you decide not to get offended or let anybody, look, there's so much freedom in not letting anybody bug you. I don't mean you're rude or cold or anything like that. I just mean like, you know what? I'm going to Samaria. I'm going to, I'm going to go to some area in my life where I had a problem before, and I'm going to go and share Jesus at that spot, right? I'm going to go and set somebody free in some area. Okay, how about one, one last set of verses? Well, but when you think about this, as, as we're looking at this, think about Matthew chapter 7 and verse 3. He said, he said, you're trying to take the splinter out of somebody else's eye when you've got a beam in your own. He's saying, you're trying to, you're trying to teach somebody else how to love when you don't have it yourself. It's not, it's not possible. You know, let's look at these verses on a positive note and say, he, he's talking about, I can't give something that I don't have. Therefore, I've got to receive. You know, he's, he did it all at Calvary, but if I don't receive it, I can't give it away. If you don't receive love today, you can't give it to anybody. You, you, you need to receive the love of God today. Make a decision that this half hour change your life forever. Stop. And, and here, if you, don't, if you don't love yourself, then you don't value yourself. How can you love and value anyone else? You, 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 your value doesn't come from your occupation. Your value comes from Christ. You're in Christ. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Your values, he came to change your value system so that you didn't value yourself based on your occupation, you know, based on something, what you occupied your time with. No, he came so that you could have fellowship and intimacy with him. And that you can come boldly onto the throne room of grace to obtain mercy, to find grace in your time of need. Boldly, not arrogantly, but you can come boldly. Can you imagine the president of the universe says, come on in and have a seat. And you, and you come in and, and you sit down and have an audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you don't have to get all dressed up to get it done. What's the password? He told us in Psalm 100 verse 4. The password is thank you. I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. He's walking and say, hey, just came here. This is Gary, man. <laughs> just came here to thank you again. I got so much freedom, man. I got so much going on. We've been double tithing. I don't want you to think this is bragging about me. We've been double tithing for a, a number of years. This year, we got back exactly what the double was. This, no, but this year, it paid for two-thirds of the motorcycle I just bought. <laughs> Glory to God. That's what I said. Wow, wow. You know, if you don't know how to tithe and give offerings, you, you just, it sucks at tax time if you don't know how to do that. <laughs> it didn't hurt. No, it didn't hurt. It never hurt. No, it used to hurt. It used to be quite painful. <laughs> but we did it and not because 
not because we had to, or not because, again, when your real love is your motivation is not I'm given so that I can get, you know. You're given, you're, you believe that you receive you, whatever you plant, you harvest. I'm not saying that you negate that, but your heart is I just want to do something to advance the kingdom of God. It's like, you know, you look over in the Ukraine and you're saying last week, well, we sent them some money and that's that's a great help. But then uh, when I look at that, I look at the millions of babies that are being aborted in North America every day, every year, rather. There's no rage over that. This is the latest thing that the media is focusing on. It's got everybody upset over. But the really vital, and I'm not saying it's not vital, but my Bible says wars and pestilences are going to come and the end is not yet. These things are happening, and it's the unfolding of the kingdom of God. Whether you like it or not, you can pray against it if you want to, but you're wasting your prayers if you're praying against it because these things must come to pass. But if you want to bless if you wonder why people are paying so much for fuel, stop killing kids. Stop killing babies in the womb. Stop, you know, start thanking God that you live in a country. Did I tell the story last week? About the little kid over in the orphanage with the French. Yeah. Yeah, well, I could tell you stories like that in the Philippines, too. Guys sitting on the street roasting chicken's feet for supper. Several of them sitting around a chicken foot. Yeah, and laughing and carrying on. They had bugs over there. They looked like June bugs, only they were green. They'd drill a little hole in their shell and watch them fly around and pull them back down again. That was the toys they had that big spider. I said, hey, what would happen if that spider bit me? He said, your arm would be this big. <laughs> I said, thank you. I almost walked into it. No, but the spiders over there catch birds. Yeah. <laughs> and we're walking out of there in the dark at night. I'm thinking, dear God. Yeah. Now that was a time I lost my sanctification. No, the, we were nine kilometers in the, uh, in the jungle and the driver was supposed to come and get us, and he didn't show up until we walked almost out to the road in the dark. And I could have, I could have, <laughs> I wanted to. None of you have ever felt like that because you're so sanctified. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, but you just preached all day too, you know, and you're just, just exhausted to, to start with. And then this guy. Pulls up with a smile. Hey, <laughs> let me light you up, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're talking about the love of God, right? Let's go to Matthew chapter 22. This will be our last set of verses, Matthew chapter 22. I remember one time when a pastor looked at his watch, it meant absolutely nothing, right? <laughs> right? But now, now with maturity, well, you can circle the runway a couple of times before you land the plane, but, but what did I say? Matthew chapter 22, yes. Verse um, 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, 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 which is the greatest commandment in the law? 
Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, there's no, no surprise in that. This is the first and the great commandment, but the shock is the next one. And thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. As, you, as yourself. In other words, you, you need to love yourself. Love your neighbor. It should be when you learn to love yourself, you'll love your neighbor. So this was a shock to them. But then he said, then he said in verse 40, and on, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So he takes this obscure verse from Leviticus 19 and verse 18. That's where this verse is found in the book of Leviticus. And it was there for, it was there for 4,000 years. And then one day God said, I'm putting this in the centerpiece of my message. Center stage. But again, you, you, you remember, you can't give it away if you don't receive it. Say this with me. Today, today I receive your unconditional love. Unconditional I'm accepted in the beloved. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, but without, without the reality of self-love, you have no self-worth. And really, my, my love for myself is the starting point for loving other people. I know Rick would if Ann would. Right? Until I love, you know, you know, pastors, if there's any pastors watching this program today, you need to know that if you're in order to help other people, it's not about a performance. It's about letting love loose in a congregation. And if, if, if you can get that love in your heart, you can deposit it in other people. But if not, it's just a, it's, it's just a bunch of words. You can encourage people and motivate people, but until you allow the love of God to flow through you to get to other people, that's, again, that woman at the well in Samaria, that's what Jesus was all about there. It says he was tired and he sat down. Well, he might have been tired of Peter. He might have been tired of the disciples. He was walking with them all day, and, and he was glad maybe when they went down the road and said, let's go get something to eat. They came back and they, he said, I've got food that you don't even know about. I came here to love the, the woman that you would have walked by three days around to not even come into where she lives because you, because you disrespected her. Again, is it Ephesians chapter um, 3? Or Colossians chapter 3, rather. There's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. So there's no separation anymore. So my cross isn't just this way now. It's got a bar on it that I can reach out to other people. That I can reach out to people, that I can go to Samaria, that I can go some area where people have ignored the, you know, the, the kingdom of God in advancement. 
there's some area that you can go to. Matter of fact, you might be thinking of some area that you can go to right now. But again, go equipped with the love that God has for you in your heart so you can dis- distribute it to others. And think about John 14 or John 4 and verse 18. There is no fear in love. So if you've got any fear left, you haven't grabbed a hold of the love yet. There is no fear in love. Why? Because mature love casts out fear. If you're wringing your hands and anxious about something, I can declare to you right now, you've not received the love of God. You haven't received it. But it's a gift. It's there. Matter of fact, Romans 3.24, justified freely. It's a free gift. How do I get a gift? You reach out and take it. You reach out and receive the love of God, and then you can, and then the fear leaves. He said, fear has torment. Fear will torment you. Fear will cause you to be anxious. I was with my physiotherapist the other day. She pounds on me for an hour, and she does stuff. She's got this blade that she runs up and down your back, and I go home, and it's all beat up and bruised. I'm serious. This girl is tough. But she's full of fear. They're getting ready to go to Costa Rica on vacation. She's afraid. She's afraid to go down there. And what if they don't wear masks? She even said to me, she said, we're going to stop wearing masks here on the 21st. But she said, I'm not. I said, don't you realize, girl, that, that you're just existing when you're in fear? That fear is stealing your life? Don't let, don't let fear steal anymore. And remember this, this is my final close here. The opposite of fear is love. Love. Why? Mature love casts out fear. The opposite of fear. So when you're feeling fearful, switch focus onto how much God loves you. Do it immediately. So no, I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm no longer living with the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption whereby I cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Papa God. He's my father. He's your father. You've been re-fathered. And he's good all the time. Will he correct you? Yeah. But he'll never beat you up. And if you're feeling shame, I promise you this, that is not ever God. Ever. God. If you're feeling guilty, that's easy. You just say, God, please forgive me and move on. But don't ever accept shame as your life. Anyway, praise you, Lord. We thank you for your word. And I pray for this congregation and those that are watching by live stream. I pray that we'll open up our hearts. You came to change hearts. You came to change our hearts. Hallelujah. And you put a beachhead in our lives and we're asking you now to show us how to be rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the breadth, the depth, the height, the know the love of, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge so that we can be filled with the fullness of God. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.